Hello, and welcome back to the Parents at Work podcast, a podcast for parents who want to succeed at work while also raising children. My name is Lori Mahalik-Levin, and I wear three main hats in life. One is that I'm mom to two wonderful redheaded boys who are now ages 10 and 12. Two is that I'm the CEO and founder of a program called Mindful Return that helps employers retain their new parent top talent and helps support working parents broadly. And then hat number three is that I'm a healthcare lawyer. I am joined today by my co-host and amazing husband, Jason Levin. Over to you. Oh, Lori Mahalik-Levin, thank you for being my amazing wife. I am the founder of Ready, Set, Launch, LLC, where I'm a speaker, trainer, and coach. I advise executives on how to grow their professional services practice and make intentional career transitions. My debut book, Relationships to Infinity, The Art and Science of Keeping in Touch, is available on Amazon and wherever you find books online. Lori, so excited to be doing uh, this segment with you uh, where we're bringing in um, both moms and dads that are working in real estate. Today's is going to be on dads in real estate. So this should be a fun conversation. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. We took a little hiatus from the podcast for a couple of months, and now we're back in action and we've got a whole bunch of episodes planned. So we've got two wonderful dads in real estate today. The first is Corey Lee. Corey is the principal of Residential Growth Properties, LLC, a real estate investment brokerage in Washington, D.C. He's been actively involved in the real estate industry for nearly 25 years, and his company focuses on helping property owners unlock the value of their properties through zoning, entitlements, and redevelopment. He works really closely with his wife, Bhavna, who runs her own successful real estate general contracting development and owner's representation firm. And they live in the Forest Hills neighborhood of D.C. with their two youngest children, Sara and Ian, who are in middle and elementary school. And while Corey and Bhavna met in grad school at UNC Chapel Hill, they still somehow find a way to remain proud of their oldest daughter, Ida, who recently graduated from Duke as a member of the class of 2023. Corey earned his political science and systems engineering degree at the United States Military Academy at West Point and completed his JD and MBA real estate development concentration at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So glad you're here, Corey. Um, We are now going to introduce Paul as well. So we're also welcoming Paul Benshoff, who is a real estate agent at Keller Williams Metropolitan in northern New Jersey and has been with Keller Williams for eight years. Paul is a proud Scarlet Knight and studied economics at Rutgers University. Paul lives in Mount Olive, New Jersey, with his wife, Lindsay, and three kids, all boys, 12, 10, and three. That's a full household. So welcome to Paul and welcome to Corey. So let's start off learning about their working parent story. Corey, let's start with you. Can you tell us the journey that you took toward becoming a working parent? Yes, I can, Lori. It's, it's good to be with you guys today. I think for me, uh, it started probably a little before the crash of 2008 and having to uh, experience a downturn and understand that I needed to build up some additional skills and some capital. But most recently in 2016, my wife and I decided that we could have a better quality of life uh, by working for ourselves. We had developed enough industry expertise. And so in 2016, thereabouts, we both struck out on our own and set up separate but cooperating firms. And we've been going strong ever since. And we've really enjoyed being able to spend time with our kids. So it's been great. Awesome. Um, can you reflect back just a little bit, Corian, perhaps go back to 
the birth of your first daughter. We just want to hear a little bit about your introduction to working parenthood at the outset. It may or may not have been while you were in real estate. My oldest daughter, Ida, is 21 now. You know, when she was born, I was actually still in grad school and finishing up. So that was a, you know, an interesting time. I really just spent my time focusing on her and finishing school and didn't take too much time to do some of the extracurriculars that maybe other folks might engage in 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 grad school. Um, Moved up to Northern Virginia, worked for a real estate development uh, firm in the healthcare real estate space, and just really continued from there. Worked in acquisitions at a large national home builder, and then eventually, and really had this itch to strike out on my own because I wanted to have control of my future. And I've always been extremely passionate about real estate. And I think I learned a great lesson early on, which was because of the financial downturn in 2008, I got out of grad school in 03 and had a few years, but I think it helped me understand that it, it, you know, it's one thing to be very well educated. It's another thing to really be prepared for the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. So that's somewhat kind of the beginning of my working parent story, but it's, it's juggling those different responsibilities between really wanting to be a great dad and a husband and, you know, having to not necessarily have a W-2 and, and how do you um, create that path? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Jason and I are well aware of the absence of W-2s in our household at this point. Paul, over to you. Can you tell us about your own personal working parent story? Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's great to be here with you all, too. I would say that I had um, a similar driving force as Corey terms of um, you know making sure that I was a a good and 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 very present uh, father and and husband and so um, I had I was involved in and had started a landscaping company out of uh, Randolph New Jersey Jason I know you know that area very well so amen. yeah amen Randolph go Rams baby so I uh, started a landscaping company back in two thousand. Five was uh, was very busy, productive. the The company was growing leaps and bounds. We had our first boy in 2010, Alexander, and then two years later we had our second boy, Max, in 2012. The landscaping business was was good in terms of the financials, but you know I was out the door at probably 6:30 in the morning and not home till about seven. 30, 8 o'clock at night on a very regular basis. So with that being said, it was a very difficult and stressful time, um, you know, with Lindsay, with two young boys and uh, the growing pains that they, you know, two boys will, will, will bring to a household. So in 2014, 15, I just, you know, said to her, I think, you know, it's probably best for the family if, if I get involved in a potentially another business. Uh, reached out to the gentleman that sold us our house in Flanders. His name is Justin Kilisek, very successful uh, realtor with Keller Williams. Uh, reached out to him and said, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about selling the landscaping business and jumping into uh, real estate. Do you have any tips for me? And he said, uh, how about join my team? And I said, sounds good to me. So I took the plunge and I've, I've been in the business since 2015. So very grateful that I did take that, uh, make that move, and it, it all worked out at the end of the day. Thank you for sharing that, Paul. I'm reflecting on a phrase that Jason uses often in his career coaching work that you ask for advice and you no, know, you ask for a job and you get advice. You ask for advice and you get a job. It sounds like that's what 
happened in your instance. That's exactly what happened. Yep. Yeah. Can we stick with you for a moment, Paul? I want to ask a question. What would you describe or how would you describe what it is like to be a parent who works in the real estate industry? Yeah, I would say what what I enjoy the most in my particular field is the flexibility. My middle is very involved in the sport of lacrosse. He's in um, club lacrosse. Uh, We do a lot of traveling with that sport kind of up and down the East Coast. What real estate allows me to do is kind of pick and choose where and when I want to be my busiest. I don't have to be anywhere at a certain time. I could be as busy as I want to be. Um, I can work some nights. I can work some weekends. If we have a lacrosse tournament, I can kind of avoid that weekend. So I would definitely say the flexibility aspect is really, really important for us as a family. And this business affords that. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that we read in all the studies that's correlated to satisfaction with one's job is autonomy. And it sounds like you have that in spades. Um, Over to you, Corey. How would you describe what it's like to be a parent in real estate these days? You know, I think Paul hit it right on the head, Lori. And so it's very similar for us, a ton of flexibility, but it obviously requires the discipline to be able to structure your time and and prioritize how, you know, what's most important. I think there is for us because we have a development side of our business that is a little more capital intensive. That does create some some intermittent stress, if you will. But other than that, I mean, I, I, I have no complaints. The ability to have complete flexibility. We walk our kids to school every day, uh, you know, a couple blocks away, and I'm able to be on the playground after school and throw the Frisbee or just hang out. And I just couldn't ask for anything more. I, I really love it. Love the flexibility. There are those times where you have to do a little bit of work on the weekends or um, otherwise. But I think what Paul maybe would say as well is it does, as it relates to real estate brokerage, depends a lot on whether or not you're working specifically with sellers or working more with buyers. Most buyers have, and on the retail side, have time to look for properties on the weekends or after they're done with work. Whereas sellers, you have a little more flexibility. So our our business is generally more on the seller side or acting as principals for our own account. So that's kind of what allows a little bit of that flexibility as well. Mm, thank you for explaining that, Corey. Do you think, uh, I guess, quick question for both Paul and Corey, and then we'll turn it over to Jason. Do you think that your children are well-versed in real estate in a way most children are not, given your connection to the subject? Lori, yes, absolutely. I mean, my nine-year-old son, Ian, will often say, Dad, you should, you know, should buy that house. Or, you, can, <laughs> you know, he, he talks a lot about what he thinks we should be doing within the business. One thing that I will say that I've had a conversation with my kids on, and maybe it's beyond the subject of, of the show, but... I often talk to them about, and maybe we'll get into it later, but the one thing about my business is I, I want them to understand that unfortunately, in a way, I'm I'm self-employed and I don't really run a business the way I would like to actually run a business with either more human capital, things of that nature. So a lot of our income is dependent upon the work I do. Mm-hmm. And so for them to understand that there are different opportunities to be a better business owner and or an investor and not have to worry so much about active capital. So they may not want to understand that, but they do understand it because I talk to them about it often. So yeah, definitely, definitely. And and within that same vein, you know, I think 
sometimes with the amount of flexibility that we do have and I, you know, we do provide sometimes the kids, you know, not that they're getting spoiled in the fact that we're always there, but when there are situations where for whatever the reason, you know, like Corey said, maybe it is a buyer that's, um, you know, coming from California needs to really spend the weekend seeing homes. There are situations and times where, you know, I can't be present. So being able to explain that to the kids, like we do our absolute best, but there's still going to be circumstances and times where we can't be there because of the business that they do understand that. And they seem to, to, to definitely get that. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. Over to you, Jason. You know, before I ask my question, I'm just, you know, reflecting on both Paul's uh, second uh, journey within entrepreneurship, having started a landscape business and then going into a real estate business. And then Corey, you know, you uh, working for an organization and then jumping into uh, entrepreneurship with your spouse. And it's just the theme around flexibility. It's uh, just really interesting to hear how you're you know, both able to be with your kids and then and then do work. But because of flexibility, it's not that unusual that you're you know, you could be working on a weekend, uh, you know, depending if you're interacting with a buyer or a seller. You know, and it's funny, I haven't. Having not worked in real estate and just taking a moment to think about that, it's, you know, and I think everybody that's listening, it's like, you know, treat your real estate people with care because they're human beings, too. This is really interesting. So I want to start with uh, Paul. You're evolving in your working parent story. What workplace supports did you find helpful as you became a working parent? That's a great question, Jason. There were definitely some people in the business I knew had been in the business for a long time. And I was able to, you know, basically get advice from them. At the end of the day, um, how many hours ultimately are you going to need to put in to generate this amount of income? Because like Corey said, you know, the the self-discipline and the consistency is just absolutely of utmost importance at the end of the day. You're, you, you know, you look in the mirror um, and you only, you know, you only see yourself. You're the only one that's, um, you know, making those phone calls, going on those appointments. Um, so uh, very early on, I was able to get um, some good advice from some successful agents in terms of what do I need to do, the hours put in, um, just to stay consistent. Uh, you know, I like that on consistency. And, you know, I want to stay with you, Paul, for a little bit. So when you think about that consistency, how did you be able to stay consistent um, as, you know, children were coming into your life? I would say that a lot of it kind of circles back to um, Justin, my broker. He's um, an absolute just hawk when it comes to the numbers and data. He's just always harping on um, on the metrics and how important they all correlate. And you can literally drill those numbers all the way down to, you know, how many conversations you have in a day. You know, those equate to how many appointments, how many of those drill down to meets. The data has always been very important. He's always uh, been, uh, I would say, relatively supportive to make sure that even we had our third baby uh, three weeks before the, the COVID outbreak. And there were definitely a lot of times where... Um, staying consistent through, you know, that was very difficult. But having uh, the support of other people, making sure that your numbers are always there and you are meeting your numbers, that that I think is very important, has been for me. Thanks, Paul. And it's great to hear that you had uh, support on the uh, Keller Williams team. So yep. that's, uh, that's nice. Same question for uh, Corey. 
So what supports did you find particularly helpful as you became a working parent? Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about those supports and also kind of echo something that Paul said. I think, again, much of our business is principle-based and you know there is a good bit of it that's brokerage-based. But I, I certainly think on the brokerage side, there's like this 90-day lag time between your activity you're doing today and the revenue that it generates. And so it's a very, very much a delayed gratification business. So for someone like Paul, it seems like his consistency is, I mean, that's something I feel like a lot of people lack in the on the residential retail side, and it causes them to not be successful. But I think that's probably a key contributor to Paul's success, just being able to work consistently without seeing the results from that day's work today and knowing that it's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, for me, I think workplace supports were really the intellectual capital that we had created from having worked in the industry for so long and across what I would say are kind of, in my personal experience, a wide variety of um, asset classes and in different capacities, whether it's acquisition, whether it's financing and the different asset classes, whether it's office and mixed use with retail, just a, a lot of different components there. So intellectual capital is probably my biggest support. Especially since I just, you know, we were working for ourselves. I didn't go to an organization necessarily that had a platform. I think one other thing that was helpful for us as a support was the financial failure that I had experienced in 2008. And I, I guess a piece of my story that I inadvertently left out was because of that crash in 08, I needed to go get a job. And what I ended up doing was going to the deputy mayor's office in Washington, D.C., working in the planning and economic development office. And I was able to gain a tremendous amount of experience that were, were it not for that time and the experience, I, I wouldn't be nearly as successful as I am today. I was able to see a lot of different projects and, and lead a lot of initiatives and on the public-private side. So it was really fantastic and, and helped me a, a ton. So I draw on that even to today. I think the last thing that was a support for me, these aren't traditional supports that you might think of, but just a mentality of, I think, going back to the financial failure in, in 08 to understanding that this is a very high risk and cyclical business. So it basically kind of allowed me to mesh my real life experience with what I learned in the textbooks at business school. You know, it's one thing to see what happens in a pro forma. It's another thing to experience it and be up late at night and wonder how you're going to make things work. And so having those experiences and that background, I think, helped form a kind of a, a paradigm that I use and um, I joke about it, but I'm very much a skeptical person kind of on my best days. And and oftentimes I'm, I'm on worst days, I'm paranoid. And so, but because of that, it allows me to mitigate the risk that is inherent, I think, in some of the transactions that we're involved in. And it just keeps things consistent and, and smooth and allows me to manage risk rather than taking unnecessary risk. So some those are some of the supports I felt we had. You know, Corey, it's really interesting how you talk about that level of economic complexity that came from 2008, 2009, 2010, and what happened in real estate and how you responded. Like you, you responded in a way where you went government and you were able to retool. And then you, even with the understanding that something like an 08 can happen, you still came back into entrepreneurship. And just from a mindset perspective, you're thinking about it. So uh, a, a lot of respect there. I want to stay with you, Corey, for a quick second. So you said that you went to uh, the mayor's office. Were you at that time, was your 
uh, second daughter born at that time, or were you just out of curiosity uh, about to be a, a parent again? No, you're, you're absolutely right. Great question. Sara was born during that time, as well as my son, Ian. So it ended up actually being great. I, I loved, I learned so much, but I also, it was, it was interesting because I don't want to overstate the, the security component of it, but you could come home. I didn't have to worry about necessarily working on a weekend. So it was much different than, you know, what it is now. I mean, I have to do whatever needs to get done, whether it's a weekend or not, even though I have flexibility, but both my kids were born there. It was a great time in my life to learn a lot professionally, as well as still have a good amount, a good amount of time for my family. Well, thanks, Corey. Appreciate that. I want to uh, go back to Paul as a coach and a speaker. I, this is one of my uh, favorite questions. Uh, you know, growing up in Randolph, what was your first job and what did you learn from it? First job. First job was actually right out of college, graduated Rutgers and, you know, sent a bunch of resumes out. I was I was fortunate enough to get uh, an interview with Merrill Lynch that was uh, being hired, hired as a you know financial planner slash uh, stockbroker. I did that for two years. I, I was able to fortunate enough, you know, Merrill Lynch gave me all the training under the sun. I was able to get my Series 7 and 63 and, you know, had a whole bunch of licenses. I would say that I learned from that that I didn't like the transactional part of dealing with people. I enjoyed the relationship building the uh, getting to know people, getting to know their families, staying in touch with them, just developing those relationships forever. And it's not to say that being a um, financial planner, you know, with, with Merrill Lynch, you, you couldn't have. It was just at the time they were a little more focused on the, on the transactional side of things. So I, I would definitely say what I found there what, what was the importance of the of relationship building. Clearly in entrepreneurship, relationship building is uh, really important. Let's go before Rutgers, uh, middle school, high school. What odd jobs uh, did you do and what did you learn from them? Odd jobs, actually. So even, you know, going way, way back, I had uh, I was a, a paper route, a paper boy. Yes. Nice. Yeah. What, what's a newspaper? My kids would have zero idea what a newspaper is today. But um, I was up bright and early, delivered um, somewhere around, you know, 60 something newspapers to the neighborhood. And then. You know, then I was out once a month collecting, you know, I want my $2. Great movie. Great movie. Yes. Uh, so for all that, uh, Paul is referencing uh, the uh, Better Off Dead, probably one of the better 80s movies. So yes, thank sir. You. Yes, sir. Yeah. But with that, I would say, you know, believe it or not, even, you know, just back then was the relationship building. I, ironically, some of those paper route customers uh, turned into landscaping customers. So just, again, just the relationships that I'm able to build and fortunate enough to build, I try my best to, um, you know, to, to stay consistent with those relationships. Uh, I, I love your continuation all from, uh, from a simple paper route, but uh, clearly you yeah. showed that commitment and you put that work in. So uh, I'm glad you got your $2. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Corey, same question. So when you think about uh, your first jobs, middle school, high school, you know, what kinds of things were you doing, Corey? What did you learn from them? Yeah, so interesting question, Jason. I think for me, one of the things I love is my dad had a focus of giving me a, a much better opportunity and an environment than maybe what, what he had growing up. 
uh, with a single parent. And so my dad actually did not want me to work. He wanted me to um, excel in school. And I ended, I was a division one tennis player. I played nationals as a junior. My parents worked very hard to provide, you know, have enough money for me to go on to, to the tournaments that were needed because we're probably lower on the, on the income spectrum than the majority of folks with whom and against whom I played. But what I remember about, so it wasn't a job per se, but I remember just the hard work and dedication of being up early and having to work hard and learning how to focus on the inputs and letting the results and outputs take care of themselves. So that was one thing, not being so results oriented as much as being performance oriented. Um, but I do have a, two job stories. I remember working my first job in high school. I, my dad somehow allowed me to do this. I think I was a a senior at the time, senior or junior. But he let me work with a kind of a family friend who owned a dry cleaning business. And I worked there at a White Star Laundry on Ninth Street near Duke's campus. I grew up in Durham, North Carolina. So that was something I remember. Probably could have had a, a little bit better work ethic uh, then. But the other thing I remember job related was. And I have tremendous respect for my dad as a result of this. I can remember driving around in a, a beat up kind of brown Honda Civic hatchback, uh, which I, they don't I don't make this model anymore for sure. But my dad decided that he was going to transition from and maybe this is something I hadn't thought of until we're having this discussion today. But my dad was in the car business and had transitioned into uh, something more low key, uh, the insurance sales business, because the hours in the car business were were brutal, but he had opportunities to own a dealership or as a, as a minority partner, but he turned that down because at some point he realized I'm working too hard and I'm not able to spend enough time with my family. And so he chose his family over this economic opportunity. And so for a while there, there's a tough transition, but my dad and I, we would get up in the mornings very early. I was never excited about it, but we'd get up and maybe this happened, I don't know, over the course of six months or so, but we actually deliver papers. And what I respect so much is my dad taught me the importance of, of doing whatever it takes to look out for your family. And so I'm sure that's a time that, you know, he uh, never, no one ever wants to be in that situation as an adult and with a family, but he found a way and just something I always remember. It, you know, I'd get out of the car, run up flights of stairs to deliver papers, whether it's to an apartment building or whatever, but the fact that we we're both up early. And so those types of, um, you, you know, put all those stories together. I think really built the, the foundation for kind of my view of hard work and tenacity and not giving up and knowing that it's okay to, to fail temporarily as long as you continue to push. So that's kind of what I remember from early jobs and my dad not necessarily wanted me to have a job. Wow, Corey, what a story of persistence and to your point of uh, not giving up, you know, delivering papers with your dad and, you know, just being able to find a way to make it work. I love the, um, you know, his, you know, him wanting to give a gift to you of being able to focus on D1 tennis and, you know, all the things that go into, you know, what it's like to be a student athlete. So a ton of credit there. It's funny you talk about laundry. I I had a data entry uh, job with a a cleaner in, uh, in northern New Jersey growing up. So, but I love the variety of the things that, uh, 
uh, you have done and, and what it's meant to you today. And the fact that your dad had worked in insurance sales, I mean, you know, that's a, that's a, you know, a key indicator to, you know, being successful in entrepreneurship is, uh, being able to, you know, look at the top line. Kudos to you, Corey. Thank you for sure. So, sure. Sure. I want to pivot from the early job to your current job and ask you, what skills do you think that you have gained through parenthood that are particularly helpful in your real estate role? That's a great question. I would say, you know, the ability to really get to know people, people are able to, to see through the, you know, your, your, your facade, so to speak, and whether or not you genuinely are interested in, in what they have to say and uh for example their own children and the, and their own life stories and their own trials and and tribulations i would say that uh, definitely specifically the ability to really listen to what people are saying and not automatically think ahead of time what my response is going to be to them a lot of that has has come from really listening to you know, my, my boys as well. So I would say just the skill of being able to listen and truly listen and truly be genuine when you do respond has definitely been a, a skill that I've been able to pick up. Wonderful. Yeah. You, you never do know what our kids are going to say in response to anything. So we have to listen carefully to know yes. what's going to come out of their mouths for sure. Corey, how about you? What skills do you think that you've gained through working parenthood that's useful, that are useful to your real estate role? So for sure, empathy. And I'm naturally an empathetic person, but communication as well. And I think they go hand in hand. And as I was listening to Paul talk, it reminded me of a, a book that I probably have not read enough and certainly haven't implemented enough, but The Lost Art of Listening. And uh, Paul, I actually appreciate you reminding me of the importance of uh, being a good listener. So that's... but. I think those are two of the skills, Lori, for me, empathy and communication. And if I could, there was, you asked me about supports for my business and I know we're kind of, it's looping back, but the one thing that I think would, I would have benefited from was, I was thinking about this earlier, is actually having a business coach. And I think that someone to help me understand how to create systems and understand hiring and maybe even like a personality profile to understand how to communicate with my wife since we work together. But I wanted to kind of just uh, make sure I didn't miss that from an earlier uh, question. But no, thank, so thank that's you my for, answer. Thank you for circling back on that. And I'll, I'll go back to something I said earlier, which is it's never too late to go and do those things. So Corey or Paul, if, if the coaching would be helpful in the future, then now's the time to find the coach and get those pieces plugged in, right? To your point yeah. about uh, the coaching, one thing I will say is um, I actually at some point probably will talk to you and Jason. I mean, certainly. I've dealt a lot with, I think, Jason on the business coaching side is, is someone I would want to speak with. But one thing that I feel you guys have in, in spades is, and again, I, you know, I talk to you guys, but specifically Jason, just because we've had some of these business conversations, but it's so easy to give away money. And Jason's not obviously paying me to say this, but it, anyone will, you know, you can pay them to be a coach. But I think what has always been, I talked about it earlier, skeptical at best and, and paranoid at worst is there's so many people who purport to do something, but they they get your money and that's pretty much it, right? You lock, you're locked into a contract. But the one thing I'm always looking for is character. And I feel like Jason has that 
I hate to keep using the word in space, but he has it in abundance. And so for me, probably benefiting from a coach, I think he would be the type of person that I would uh, hands down want to want to hire because I can trust his character that he's going to also put my well-being um, at the forefront and not just look at me as as a check or a source of revenue. So sorry to interrupt, but I, I just wanted to say that because you guys are so high character. I just I really appreciate that about you guys. Seriously. Amen, Corey. Thank you for saying that and agree 100 percent on Jason's character. Corey, I want to stick with you for just one quick second to ask a question that I don't believe applies to Paul, but that made me think of it when I think of like me and Jason, you know, doing this, we do this podcast together, we work together. Is there any sort of one piece of advice you would give to people who are in deep partnership with their spouse or partner when it comes to their business? Because I know you and Bhavna work really closely together on business things too, not just on parenting. Yeah, I think if I if I could offer two things, and I'll do it quickly. The first is I believe, and I'm not an expert on this, but I think it would benefit each person to understand and maybe take some sort of personality test to know the way in which the other person likes to communicate or be communicated with. So that would be one. And then I think the other is being able to turn turn it off and not talk about business every second of the day. I'm very, very passionate about real estate and what we're doing. And I sh- need to be a lot better at kind of uh, creating silos and just saying, okay, business is over. We're just going to talk about life or I'm, or to Paul's point that he reminded me of earlier today on this interview is to just, uh, or podcast is just listen, not so much talk. So those were two things that, that come to mind for me right off. Great tips. Thanks, Corey. Okay. Question for you, Paul, and then Corey. What overall sort of global changes do you see happening in real estate that also happen to affect working parents? It's a great question. I guess in terms of, you know, they've, and I know that they've been saying it for forever and a day, Corey, right? That, you know, there's going to be this uh, automation essentially that's going to take place that's going to eliminate the need for agents and eliminate the, the need for, you know, essentially what we do. And I know that they've tried it on um, several different fronts where they'll use an algorithm, give you an idea of what a home's value is worth. And um, and then you can purchase the house site on scene. And it seems that these businesses, you know, more often than not, they do fail. And I think a lot of that is a direct relationship with how important our jobs at the end of the day are as agents, as listeners, as, you know, essentially that intermediary uh, between the buyers and the sellers, and I'm sure that you know Corey could speak to this as well. If you if you allow buyers and sellers, you know, meet each other, 99% of the time they're they're going to be at e- at each other's throats. So with what we do in the business, to be able to not only smooth things over, but to paint a picture, um, and they're always truthful pictures. Of what it's going to look like on the other side, you know, we're all done with the transaction. How happy the sellers are going to be, how happy the buyers are going to be, and to be able to uh, maintain those relationships, I think, in this business is just so important. So I would say that the concept, going back to the actual question, the concept that that this business is going to be automated with algorithms and it's all going to be online, I just don't think that that's that's ever going to be the case. There's always going to be us as agents. And us as people, and us being able to listen and uh, and give a, give our advice. 
We need humans. Absolutely. Over to you, Corey. Yeah. Same question. Yeah, that, that's a great answer, Paul. Going in uh, a slightly different direction since Paul covered that so well. I think one thing that I've seen, at least maybe it's in large, larger cities throughout the country. I'm really focused here in, the, in D.C. and the Mid-Atlantic, but specifically in D.C., we have office building vacancies are really high. And I think there's this credit bubble happening. So hopefully this is applicable, you know, as a response to your question. But I think I saw that maybe 25 to 30 percent of buildings in D.C. will have debt that exceeds their actual valuations, which means there could be this huge credit bubble that impacts the, you know, so right now, because these buildings are empty, the city is losing a ton of revenue that it would normally use for services. And we think about affordable housing and different initiatives that uh, that are important to our our city and, and our communities. I think it could really start to have an impact on number one, how how are parents working if you know if we're not going back into those office situations? Two, from a social perspective, how are those vacancies and and any sort of big defaults? I think they're going to be strategic defaults. I mean, there are companies who you always hear the story if you know if you owe the bank a million dollars, it's your problem. If you owe the bank a hundred million dollars, it's the bank's problem. And so I think there are a lot of those hundred million plus type loan situations where banks and lenders are going to have to work with their borrowers and borrowers are going to restructure. And this could potentially have a negative impact economically. And I certainly think that trickles down into cities' budgets and what they can afford to do and services they can provide. And it, it could start to have an impact on, on everyone. So I don't know if that's how good of an answer that is, but those are some of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about as I view the landscape of what's happening in, in real estate as I see it and how it could impact all of us, and including working parents. Thank you for raising those flags, Corey. I, I noticed my own blood pressure start to go up as you were describing all the things that might happen. You know, We'll return to our breathing and just know that it's all part of whatever cycle is going to happen. Um, over to you, Jason, for our final questions. You know, and I, and I love how Paul and Corey are really approaching these questions from, you know, both from a human perspective and that we are all, all human and from a risk management perspective. Um, and, you know, the fact that this is something that you work in and that day in and day out you're working in this and you're also parents. Right. And so like managing uh, all of that, you know, I give you uh, both a lot of credit. So lightning round questions. I'm going to ask three at once. Corey, you're going to be first. Number one best piece of advice for navigating life as a working parent. Number one book and number one piece of technology. Corey, what say you? Wow. Okay. So the life as a working parent, I think designing uh, your business around your life and what your life goals are. So that would be number one, not letting the tail wag the dog. So don't let your business drive your, your life. Let your, your business support your life. You said book, anything by Jim Rohn. I listen to Audible a lot while I'm working out or getting ready or driving in the car going to appointments, but anything by Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, uh, one being the power of ambition is a, is a Audible that I've listened to several times. I have to give you a couple. The other is The Awakened Family. My wife and I are reading that right now. Author is Sabari, I think is the last name, T-S-A-B-A-R-Y, but about being mindful and conscious as a parent and allowing that to help you develop as a person. And uh, th there's this business book that I am aware of called Relationships to Infinity by this, uh, you know, <laughs> renowned author called uh, Jason <laughs> Stop, so, stop. <laughs> uh, that, that's, a, that's a good one. It, it Actually, it, it really is, Jason. When I read it, I said, gosh, Jason really gets it. And it's, you know, anyway, I, won't, I know this is your podcast, so I'm not going to go into it. But 
truly amazing. It really is amazing. There's a lot of garbage out there, but the things that you, it's so well-researched and it's so applicable. Last thing that I'll say is a piece of technology couldn't live without my iPad Pro with cellular service that allows me to work wherever I am. And the app on the iPad that I use the most is an app called Notability, N-O-T-A-B-I-L-I-T-Y. And Notability, I could be on a site visit. I can record the conversation while I'm taking notes. And if I go back later and I want to say, well, figure out what we talked about around a specific note, I can fast forward to that note and the voice uh, recording will sync at that particular time. And, and so that's great. So that's my unlightening answer. I know it took longer than and we probably had, but that's me. You're awesome, Corey. Thank you. Paul, same questions. Good stuff. I would say love what you do. Because at the end of the day, if you're if you, you know you're happy at, at work and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be absolute love, but at least enjoy what you do because then you can come home essentially to your family and and not, you know, not not be a miserable. Uh, Grinch at the end of the day. And and I know it's not always easy. I mean, I was talking to some people in my office yesterday about just the ups and downs of real estate. I mean, you literally, you know, at 10 a.m., you could just be so grateful and so thankful that you're in this business. And by, you know, 10, 18, you just want to jump out a window. If you do, ultimately, if the wins are ultimately better um, than the losses, then you know, I think you're in a, in a good spot. In terms of books, I do like to try to escape at night, uh, just, you know, every day. So I'm, I'm an avid reader of, uh, his name is Bernard Cornwell. He He's the author of The Last Kingdom. It's a, it's a Netflix special, but he's just written so many uh, historical fiction books that I, I do just absolutely enjoy getting lost in those books. That's my big read. Thanks, Corey, for that uh, notable uh, recommendation. I'm definitely going to look into that. But I would say just in terms of technology, just just my phone, I'm allowed, I'm able to put contracts together. I'm able to answer emails, uh, quickly look up, you know, homes that are on the market. So just having the phone with me on a regular basis is just absolutely essential. That's great. Love your perspective on that. Paul, Corey, this is a, this has been a real pleasure to hear your perspectives and, you know, all the things that you're doing with your business and with your families. You know, really appreciate you coming on and talking about what it's like to be um, a dad and a parent and the work you're doing in real estate. So, uh, Lori, I'll let you close it out. Wonderful. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Corey, for joining us. We loved our conversation today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast so that you don't miss a single episode in the future. And if you know someone in real estate who is also a parent, would you share this episode with them? We would be most grateful. Stay tuned for our next episode in this pair with moms in real estate. And we can't wait to be back with you next time. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.